Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 17th episode of the King's Rock podcast. I am Bolt Up here, as always, with Deathgiver. How's it going, everybody? So we got a little something new today. This is our first video podcast, so we were kind of testing it the uh, past couple weeks, working on it, and we finally have our first video podcast. So at this point, all future podcasts will be video available on YouTube and Spotify. How do you feel about this, Death? Yeah, a little bit terrified since it's <laughs> the first one. <laughs> it was a long time coming, but we're there. We're there. Yeah. Um, we get yeah. a lot of our a lot of our views from YouTube, so being able to have this as a video is, I think, going to be a benefit to a lot of people that are checking out the podcast. Yeah, I definitely agree on that. So in today's episode, we are going to talk about the Japanese, the Champions League in Japan. Uh, we will have Kakuna trivia, and then we will talk about the Crimson Haze spoilers that just came out the other day. So Crimson Haze is going to be our Twilight Masquerade set, which will be released after Temporal Forces comes in March. So before we get into that, Death, how's your uh, gameplay been going lately? Uh, it's been going pretty well. I've been enjoying Snorlax Stall. I just now posted, well, getting ready to post my last video for Snorlax Stall tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to switching. I haven't decided if I'm going to go to Chiampao or Lost Tina or Maridon. Maridon kind of intrigues me since... It was a difficult deck for my Snorlax Thaw to win against. Yeah, it's it's a weird spot for choosing decks to stream because we're at that point where there's I think one North American uh one North American regional left until rotation, which okay. is Vancouver. because uh-huh. uh, I think maybe Orlando's before before rotation. I should know this. You this is should. something that I probably should know off the top of my head. I should too, but I do not. <laughs> um, I know somebody's screaming right now, being like, hey, Orlando is this state. Okay, so Orlando is after rotation. So Vancouver is the only North American regional left before rotation. Okay. So, it, you know, you can, you can stream Lost Tina, but it's like, well, that deck changes big time come rotation. You know, with, with Path gone, it, it completely changes how that deck rolls. Uh, Maridon loses Flaffy, so it loses a key point to or a key piece that can keep rotating that energy in. But I mean, you get that with every deck. So at this point, you just you find something. Yeah, Charger just gets better since there's no path. Yes, it does. (laughs) But you just you find something that that draws a lot of interest and that you enjoy doing and try streaming that. Um, My I just did a, a Snorlax stall video and it it kind of popped off a little bit, so that was kind of cool to see. People like their Snorlax stall. Yeah, I'm not really sure why, because I feel like watching the gameplay on that would be boring. I enjoy playing it, because I enjoy torturing my opponent, <laughs> especially <laughs> the game pile match that I went up against a couple days ago, but um, yeah, so I really enjoyed it, but I'm not sure why people would want to watch it, because this is not a it's not riveting gameplay at all. I mean, literally in my last match against Arcanine, the last, I would say, 30 minutes of it is just me passing my turn. <laughs> well, I uh, I don't know if you saw my thumbnail, but it said draw pass win was the text <laughs> of my thumbnail because that's what that deck is. 
that, draw that, that, that eventually win. comes to yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah um Snorlax, a lot of Snorlax stall been playing some Charizard still or have you been working on that stall no I have been playing Charizard in the background um that one's been mixed results if it bricks I'm losing but if it just halfway gives me a decent opening hand I'm gonna win The way it works sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> Unfortunately, most of the time when I brick, it's because I see Menifee and Jirachi, and I don't see a Charmander or a Pidgey or Entei or a Rotom or any of that stuff. And I'm like, what am I going to do with Jirachi and Menifee <laughs> with this deck? No draw cards. Usually start with a boss, and yeah. And then it drives me nuts when like my opponent drops two battle passes, and I'm like, I haven't even seen one in like seven matches. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> That's why uh, best two out of three is is the best format. That is why I am looking forward to Buddy Poffin. Because then when I see it, I can use it. Unlike Battle VIP, where if I see it, I can't use it anymore. I also am looking forward to that card. I think it's going to be a, a really fun card. Yes. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be more... It's gonna. I've said this a hundred times, but it's, it's better for the game than Battle VIP Pass. Uh, I mean, it's better for Charizard than Battle, B- Battle VIP. Pass. I mean, I'm not saying it's a better card. I'm saying it's better for the game in general. It'll make the games less swingy because it can be played at any point. It's not relying on one person getting the VIP pass when the other doesn't. True. Yeah, that's true. So I, I think agree. it's overall better for the game. I agree. Because I think with Battle VIP is if your opponent starts with one or two and you start with zero, you're already at a huge disadvantage. Yeah. To where yeah. Yes. You might not come back. I mean, I've won a few matches with that happening, but for the most part, I'm not coming back from that. And if I yeah, start I mean, with two battle VIP battle VIP passes, I'm winning. So I can set up real easy. Yeah, they're definitely winnable. It's I'm not saying they're unwinnable by any means, but it's it just creates a more swingy game. Yeah. No, I agree with you. So over the weekend we had a a uh, card comic game shop show show up at the mall over the weekend. So that was kind of cool. I went out there and uh, checked out all the vendors, bought quite a few cards. Um, it was a good, a good way to get some like semi bulk fees, uh, EXs, things that just, you know, hard to find in local card shops, uh, kind of loading up on, on cards for post rotation, anything that you know might remotely be good post rotation, I pick some up. I kind of rebuilt my Lugia line with Lugia being possibly good again now that Chinchino's coming around. Did you really? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm. I've, I think I'm one Lugia V star and one Lugia V short still, but uh, okay. uh, the price is tanked. So you know, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna pick those back up right now, and then it's gonna jack back up once they find out the deck is good again. <laughs> right. That's. That's part of why I picked some up when I was there. I've uh, picked up an Iron Valiant, so I'm working on getting a playset of Valiants. I was looking for Moon, didn't really see any any good prices on Roaring Moons, but it was it was cool seeing uh, talking to some of the vendors and just seeing some of the the card collections they had. Some pretty insane collections that I saw. Some people selling collections. Saw a vendor buy cards for buy a binder for like a thousand dollars. Really? Yeah. So uh, it's it's always fun to go and spend time at these at places like that. I know uh, a friend of the show, Serial Killer, he went and was at the show as well. He sent me a couple videos showing what was at the show. 
Um, I didn't go because, well, as you know, I'm broke. So I couldn't afford any of the stuff there. And I know that if I have went, I don't want it to buy a lot of stuff that I can't afford. And so it's better to keep my happy butt at home. I mean, I stuck with the the dollar the dollar binders and <laughs> got some cards there. I did walk away with a Japanese Darkrai V, so that was cool. Just to add oh, to my Darkrai cool. collection, um, a couple old Darkrai EXs, two different ones. So just new different Darkrais that I didn't currently have. Uh, got a Japanese Chimpow, just because why not? Because you know it's cool. It's one of my favorite Pokemon now. So why got a couple I things there, but then just a lot of playables. I got you. Uh, let's see what else I have going on uh, on Friday. I played in the tournament of doom again. Um, two weeks ago, I went three and three this time I went two and three and dropped it two and three. I played chain pow. I, uh, I don't know if I threw my, my fifth round, but I had a four prize lead on them on lost Tina and somehow lost. Really? How did I you don't do even that? know. I don't even know what happened. Like I recorded that. Uh, yeah, um, yes, I, I streamed it on Twitch, so it's available on my Twitch right now. Okay, I'm about to take a that. you can see right here above me. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna have to go and watch that and see what happened, because, man, it was bad. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, as amateurish as I am, I don't think I've ever lost a four-prize card lead. <laughs> well, I mean, it, so it was midnight, so number one, I was a little tired, and... Number two, I had such a big lead at the beginning that I think I just kind of stopped paying attention. Like, I thought I had it wrapped up, and I don't know what happened. You know what I'm hearing? You know, I say this to you all the time. You know what I'm hearing? A bunch of excuses. <laughs> uh, Yeah, I mean, my excuses are I played like garbage and kind of took my mind off it because I thought it was an easy win. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. But yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and watch it and see what exactly happened because I don't really remember much about it. But I know I I'm thought I had it wrapped Giratina up and I came back and one lost. shot at your and Powell to get two prize cards. But man, I'm trying to figure out well, what would happen after that. I I'm trying to remember. Like I said, I I kind of pushed this out of my mind, but I want to say I got a super early Greninja off on two comfies, and then got two more prizes, and then I just needed a hands for the win. But I was like one card short of being able to superior energy back. And so like I had to wait one turn and that one turn was one too late. And they they got me. So they were they, just uh, like maybe some prize cards every they, turn. They might have stranded something in the active and started sableying, I think, maybe. Uh, I can't remember. But I mean it I shouldn't have lost. I blew it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. But yeah, go go check that out. It's <laughs> and then to just make fun of me for watching it. But I uh, I will be playing in the Turn of the Doom this coming Friday. So I guess that'll be tomorrow from when this uh, podcast is released. I did. Uh, I was glancing at Azul's stream today, and he I think he mentioned he was going to play in the Turn of the Doom on Friday. So he might okay. be there. We'll see how that goes. We'll see if I uh, can place higher That's than Azul team. himself. But it's a it's a good time getting on there. I'll uh, I'll jump in Pokedubs, Twitch. I'll stream my own. And you know, in between games, if I don't have anybody in there, I'll jump over and just kind of chat with him, see how his tournament's going. Well, I just set up my Twitch account, so I will probably join you guys Friday. It wouldn't be bad to join a tournament. I don't have yeah, it'll be fun. I got 
I got three screens here, so I got the you know game on one, and then I got you know you and Dubs Twitch, uh, uh, yeah, Twitch streams going on each screen, so it'll work out. Yeah, yeah. Same here. That's my setup too, so I'll probably do the same thing. <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right. Anything else you want to talk about as far as your own gameplay before we get into the Japanese Champion League? No. Other than I just really enjoyed Snorlax Stall, and it seems like a lot of people did not like that deck. <laughs> I understand people love watching it though. There. Like leave comments that they hate the deck, and I'm like, but you watched the video, and you must have searched it out, but you hate the deck. <laughs> I uh, I had somebody leave a comment on mine. It was a half hour long video, and I got two games in there. And his comment was, when I saw it was only a half hour, I assumed it was only one game, because <laughs> 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 that's about how the games go with Snorlax. Yeah, no, yeah, trust me, I know. Other than if you can get them to concede early, then they will, <laughs> right. uh, the nose go by pretty quickly. But right, yeah, for some odd reason, like my last opponent, I knew probably 15 minutes into the match that he had already lost. But I don't know if they were just stubborn and was like, you know what, I'm gonna play this out, and so they stayed for the next 20 minutes. But I was like, hey, I am. <laughs> There's a reason why I play this deck. I got all the time in the world, so <laughs> right. You're gonna quit. That's, that's how I, I am. Up. Yep, for sure. Try to stall me out. I'll stall you out, bro. Yeah. All right. Let's turn our attention to the Japanese Champions League Fukuyama. Uh, I did watch a little bit of this when it was happening, so I saw some pretty cool gameplay, and then I went through and watched uh, Azul's commentary stream of it afterwards so he was uh watching it and streaming it live and just kind of commenting on the gameplay as it went so i kind of watched that and watched some more the i'll start off by saying the ancient box deck looks really really fun it is uh centered around the baby roaring moon Uh, okay so for two two energy it does 70 damage plus 10 more for each ancient card in your discard pile. So you start playing ancient supporters, earthen vessels, an ancient card. You start getting those in the discard pile. And now you have a single prizer that can just start doing massive damage. The other thing was they, I guess, so I think the way it works is the for the Japanese terms, they have a celebrity that plays. And they usually kind of follow that celebrity for the first few rounds. And so this guy was playing, he was playing Ancient Box, but he was playing Ancient Box with Great Tusk. And the new Great Tusk, for two energy, discard the top card of your opponent's deck. If you played an Ancient Supporter card from your hand this turn, discard three more cards. So you get to mill four if you played an Ancient Supporter for two energy. So this guy was playing against the Lost Box, and he was just having his opponent mill four, mill four, mill four, knock out their Great Tusk. He brings up another one, mill four, mill four, <laughs> and ended up milling out his his opponent's, uh, his Lost Zone opponent's deck. So that was really fun to see. Yeah, I saw and that then, deck at number 12 and was looking at what it did. And I'm not going to lie. It looks pretty interesting. It looks like the kind of the opposite of Snorlax, where instead of you stalling, you're milling your opponent's deck. Uh, let's see, you said that was number 12? Yes. Okay, so yeah, this is a dedicated Great Tusk list. This isn't quite the one that uh, the, the celebrity guy was playing because he had the, the Roaring Moon as well, but 
this one, like, I don't, I don't understand. A single comfy? I don't really understand the point of the single comfy in there. Yeah, I'm not sure either. That is kind of weird. Oh, you know what? Maybe... What's the Explorer's Guidance? Look at the top six card. Don't put two into your hand. Oh, that's an Ancient Supporter. That's a good one. Look at the top six cards of your deck. Put two into your hand. Discard the others. That's a good Ancient Supporter to play. Which one is it? Explorer's Guidance. Oh, that one. Okay. And then Earthen Vessels, an Ancient Card... Which I guess that didn't affect Great Tusk. So, so this this person is playing four, or sorry, eight uh, ancient supporters, explorers, guidance, and professor Sada's vitality. So, eight ways to get Great Tusk to mill four, which is thirty-two cards. You start with sixty, uh, seven in your hand. You draw for your first turn, so that's eight, and then you have six prize cards, fourteen. So 60 minus 14 is, what, 46? Yes. 46, and then 32 and can mill be milled so that puts you if down you get all of those. Yeah. And that's not counting any that they draw or um, draw for turn or draw on their own. Yep. So that seems pretty good. And then they have the one Greninja, one Comfy to get drawing for themselves, trekking shoes to get through their deck, counter catchers, try to strand something up there. They do play two pal pads so they can get the ancient supporters back. Which is very smart. So that's a way to get four more supporters back if they play both of those. Yeah. Does Team Yell go away? I can't remember. Uh, I don't think so. I feel like Team Yell would be great for this deck as well. To be able to get Three back. Team Yell's cheer is F regulation, so it sticks around. Yeah, I feel like that would not be a bad card to run in this as well. Yeah, it gets three back instead of two, like Palped. And plus, it gets your Great Tusk back. I think the problem is it's not an Ancient Supporter, and you want to be playing Ancient Supporters every turn. Yeah, but if you don't have any, then. That's a great card to use to get them back. You're right. You're right. Because you can get three back and you could or two and a great tusk or something. So, yeah, I can yeah. see it. Um, I think these lists are far from refined simply because this is the first major tournament since rotation. All we have is. Uh, city leagues or whatever they I can't remember what they call them in, in Japan, but. Um, let's say it's maybe city leagues. We have those results, which are equivalent to our like challenges and cups. But this is the, the first major tournament, which is the equivalent to our regionals. Oh, okay. And it's it's going to be like EUIC is going to have a lot of lists, and very few of them are going to be refined simply because it's just the first major tournament post-rotation. So these, are, these decks are a good basis point, but not necessarily something to just straight net deck. I would wait a couple more turns before we start net decking, but it's a, it, they're good starting points. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, let's talk about the number one list. Um, number one is Lugia, yeah. which was um, pleasantly surprised to see it come back. A lot of people calling the Chinchino just a meme because you have to set up the stage one before you can actually attack with it. 
but um, Lugia looking, you know, pretty much like it did before the colorless version. Mm-hmm. Um, we have four Lugia V, three Lugia V star, the four Archaeops. So that's normal. That's typical Lugia list. They have two of the Snorlax, which we saw in the colorless Lugia before. One Luminian, which is normal. Uh, we did lose Professor Burnett, though, so the Luminian is not out there to get Professor Burnett to throw the two Archaeops in discard pile. But then we have the three Mingchino and the three Chingchino. So for those that don't know, the Chingchino is a stage one, 110 HP, and the main attack is the second attack for two colorless energy. It does 70 damage for each special energy attached to it. So for five energy is enough to do 350 damage to knock out a Charizard. And because of that, the deck plays 17 energy cards. Because the Chinchino only has 110 HP. And you're going to have to load a lot of energy on it, and it's going to die immediately. So you have to be very careful with your energy. Yeah. Uh, This deck does play two Great Ball. I know from looking at past results, Japan loves Great Ball. And you'll see a lot of Japanese players using that card. But it might just end up being the best option for for uh, Pokemon Search. Uh, they do play one Jock, which is Search your deck for two Evolution Pokemon. So that's a way to get your your Chinchinos, your Archaeops, your Lugia V Star. Seems pretty good in the Lugia deck. Yeah, I agree with that. Especially because all you need is well, yeah. No, I agree. It was yeah. less good before because once you got set up, you didn't want Evolution Pokemon anymore. But now that Chinchino is your main attacker, then you need you need to find a way to be able to search that. So that's probably what the Luminion's there for. It finds a Jock when you need it. It finds a Serena that can discard the Archaeops. It can find the boss. I mean, it just finds your 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 bag of tricks and supporters there. What I find interesting is only one therapeutic energy for two Snorlaxes. So that's a card that prevents your Snorlax from falling asleep after your attack. Well, I'm but, guessing that they probably don't use Snorlax that much. Well, plus it's going to die after it gets hit anyway. What'd you say? It's going to die after it gets hit in air after after your attack anyway is my, yeah, at my this assumption. Point in the meta, yeah. yeah. So Snorlax has what, 100, 150 HP. So odds are it's not going to survive an attack. So that's probably why they don't focus on therapeutic energy as a major option. See, find us a deck to talk about. I like the Great Tusk deck. I thought that was pretty interesting. We can just talk about that one. Find another one. Yeah. And then, obviously, I was looking at the Charizard deck. Uh, 13? Uh, I was looking at 13, yes. But I was also looking at... um, Oh, there's four. Number four, yeah. Let's see. Do we see anything? Is there anything unique or different about this one? I saw the Code Breaker Solution. I'm not really sure I like that card. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure I like that card. Um, we don't have that card, do we? No, but it is coming out in the Crimson Haze. Oh, that's come okay. So they they have that one. That must have been released as a special, uh, special something. And I do see guess. that the one that finished. 
Oh, um, wait. 15th used uh, Hero's Cape. <laughs> we do have this one, don't we? Uh, Codebreaker Solution. What was the card that we were making fun of? I thought that was it. Search for two cards, put them on top. I thought we made fun of that card too, but I thought it might have been a different one. Oh, there it is. Cryptomaniacs Deciphering. There it is. So it is coming. They just have the name mistranslated or oh, translated differently. So Cryptomaniacs Deciphering. Okay, yep, yep. That's a card we're getting. But yeah, I yeah, so... I don't see why you... I don't I don't know. I just don't see it. Um, B-Barrel. That's the reason. Oh, uh, yeah, they are running. I'm still so torn. After we made fun of that card... And after hearing everybody talk about how insane that card is, I'm much more on the fence than we were originally. Well, when <laughs> because you there are a with, lot of ways to just immediately draw those cards. Yeah, I was gonna say when you combine it with Bibero, um, Bibero, yeah, Radiant Greninja. Because I'm thinking Curlia. in terms of Pidgeot, but <clears throat> yeah, Japan's been pretty split on Pidgeot versus Bibero in Charizard. And I think that Cryptomaniacs deciphering is part of what is pushing B-Barrel up above Pidgeot. You know how I still feel about like the rest of the deck? Because like, I don't know how I feel about Manaphy and Jirachi. I just feel like those are... I don't know. Uh, I think it's... Well, no. I was going to say it's more relevant, but no, because the, uh, the Bidoof protects itself from yep. Greninja. So it's really just there to protect your Charmanders. Uh, they do play the new Charmillion, though. The one with the Flare Veil. Prevent all effects of attacks. So that the Charmillion there cannot be... Sableide. Makes it to where you can't... Um... What is that ball that you can get? Um, you mean the one that the rotated? One. Oh, that one's rotating out? Yeah. Oh, okay. um, level ball. That. Level ball. That's the yep. ball. Yep. Level, level ball. ball rotates. Because that Charmeleon, you can't get that one. But if it, level, if it rotates out, then never mind. Yep. I would definitely run these Charmeleons. Well, the, the one with Flare Veil has 90, 90 HP, so that one you can get them with the level ball. But they're running the, the Fire Blast Charmeleon also that has 100 HP that you cannot get with the level ball. Uh, we do have the Buddy Poffin here. Two oh, yeah, that's, Cryptomaniacs. It's in all three of them. Um, let's see. The the fourth place list ran Prime Catcher and, oh, TM Evolution. So it has the ability to immediately evolve that Bidoof into B-Barrel. Or uh, immediately evolve ran. that Charmander. No, just the fourth in uh, 13th place ran evolution as well yeah get, being able to do the immediate evolution into charmeleon and b-barrel seems really really good but i also said that before when it first started going around here and that kind of died off pretty quick <laughs> i thought it made the deck clunky but i did like it when i used it for a couple matches but after a while i thought it just made the deck clunky uh, in third place, we have Snorlax Stall. 
So this deck has four Snorlaxes, a Rotom, Pidgeot V, has the Chi Yu to replace the Crabominable, which I think the Crabominable still sticks around. I don't think it rotates, um, but it's just preference. They, they do the same thing. One energy, discard two cards. And then oh, Mimikyu, and then two fire energy. I think the uh, the Chiyu and the fire energy is also, it could be a a bluff that they have the Radiant Charizard possibly as well. Uh, we got the Misfortune Sisters, two Erika's. This one has the Team Yells Cheer, four Pokegear, four Nest Ball, four Countercatcher. They are playing three Eerie, so discard two item cards out of your opponent's hand. That seems like a good addition for the Charizard deck. Or, Charizard, for the Snorlax deck, being able to pull switches out of your opponent's hand. That would be really good. I agree with that. Because uh, uh, that was one thing that I liked about. Or that I wanted from that deck is being able to get rid of the switch cards. Yeah, once in their hand. Yeah. And then we do have the Hero's Cape as the ace spec from Snorlax Stall. So being able to give uh, Snorlax, keep saying Charizard, being able to give Snorlax 100 more HP and not have the liability of it being a two-prizer, which is what we currently have. So that's a, a nice well, That's what I wanted to bring up with the um, Charizard deck for number um, 17 is that they ran Hero's Cape as well. So There is no 17. See. Try again. Huh? There is no or 17. 15, Try again. not 17. 15. Oh, there it is. 15 okay. ran Hero's Cape. 15, yeah. Gosh, a 430 HP Charizard. Yes. Yes. But, well, I know we're going to talk about the cards later, but I found another ace card that I am that I will probably lab as well for the Charizard deck. And it is? You want me to tell it now? Maximum Belt. Attacks used by this card that it's attached does 50 more damage to your opponent's active Pokemon. Charizard starting out does 180, but if you attach that card to a Charizard, it automatically starts out at 230. Do does one of the Charizard decks play it in this one? No, I wish okay. they did. Um, that is a card that a lot of people in Twitter have been talking up lately. They've really been hyping up the maximum belt. I and to be honest, it's really good i agree but i'm not sure because like hero's cape has this thing gives out 100 hp so a 430 hp charizard is scary but what's more scary i definitely like that because obviously what's what's the one weakness of charizard when he first hits the field and there's no prize cards gone he only does 180 being able to do 230 off the jump it's just that's fantastic which that's a magic number. Yeah. Two thirty means that Charizard can one hit KO every single basic V and EX that exists. Yes. And that's what I'm thinking about. So I'm like, so, hmm. Yeah. It's like Primal Catcher is great. And I agree that it's a great card to be used, but that maximum belt, like I said, I'm a lab that because I think Charizard with that extra fifty right off the jump. And then just imagine that if it's a Charizard that you've already lost like a couple prize cards and your Charizard's coming out doing 290. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. Well, Sticking let's just look at the let's look at this the standings here. It can one hit KO Lugia V. It can yep. one hit KO an Arceus V. It can one hit KO a Charizard with the or a, dang it, I keep saying Charizard. Snorlax with the Bravery Charm. 
Um, Garatina V, Roaring Moon, uh, Maridon. Every single one of those. Chien Pao, which didn't make the top 16, but every one of those, it can one-hit KO immediately. Yes. yes. I mean, that seems really good. For Yes, I agree. I mean, I think that's I think that's that's for real. And I mean, and not just thinking about Charizard, but like Rory Moon as well, because I think Rory Moon, one of its attacks is what, 200? So being able to go up to that 250, it does not having to use that insta kill. It does 100 and then 220 if you can discard a stadium. Yeah. So if you can slap a stadium down and have that card equipped, you're doing a heck of a lot of damage and you don't have to do the insta kill. So. Well, the pro. So here's here's the deal with that, or what I think my opinion on that one, though, is it already does 220, which hits most V's and EX's. The only thing it doesn't hit is itself, and so it's just 10 damage short. And at that point, I would run the what is it, Vitality Band? Vitality Band, yeah. The one that does 10 more, because yeah. then at that point, Roaring Moon can one hit KO every every basic EX and V. Yeah, that's true. That. That's true. That being said, Roaring Moon is going to be, I think, garbage post-rotation because really? losing losing Moltres is a big hit for it. Because ah, it's gotcha. one less energy acceleration that it has. So it's not going to be sad. able to bring energy back as quickly as possible. That's sad. Uh, let's look at the number two deck because this is one that I... I uh, absolutely love any time that Vulpix V-Star can be in the meta. I'm happy about it. I am so not guy... happy about it. I would like to throw <laughs> that out there. I am not happy about it. <laughs> so Vulpix V-Star is always going to be a meta call. I don't think it's going to be a staple, a staple in every deck from here on out. Because it's only good in the right situation. And the right situation is almost always right at rotation. The last big rotation, Vulpix V-Star won EUIC. This big rotation, it just won the champion, or got second in the Champions League. And I have a feeling it's going to show up at EUIC again this year. Because right at rotation, people rely on abilities. They rely on kind of existing decks with, with, whatever abilities they can throw in there to make things happen as quickly as possible and try to make things as consistent as possible. And then you throw in Vulpix V-Star and it just runs over things. I it's, I mean, it's good against Charizard. It's good against Shin Pao. And that's two possibly fairly popular decks post-rotation. The only thing this deck is missing is usually there's another big hitter with these deck with the, with the Arceus decks. There's usually Arceus, Vulpix, something. Duraludon, previously. Um, Gudra could be an option. Giratina could be an option. Any of them. But this one is just Arceus, Vulpix. So it's just hitting with Arceus. They get the Vulpix out there, and they just rely on the Snow Mirage to make sure the Vulpix can't be hit. It has yeah. two Professor Turos, so it can start pulling stuff off the bench, so that way you can't boss around the Vulpix. Seems pretty good. No, I agree, man. That's then, why I, I really hate this card. Because, well, now here's the next thing. It's the only thing left to attack. You're not attacking, and it's just pretty much Snorlax stall on steroids. And plays the mist energy, so that way Roaring Moon can't one hit KO it. 
Yeah, I'm not happy that that card could be uh Place two yeah. medical energy. That's interesting. Attach it to heal 30 damage. wonder if that 30 damage is relevant to the 240 HP Vulpix. Interesting. Probably is. Sharon's care to heal a... Or no, no. It pulls up a, a normal Pokemon with damage counters on it. So it's kind of like another Turo. And then it has Prime Catcher. So that's seems like a good deck. Um, I'm excited to give that a try with Gudra. Um, Gudra with the Mist Energy seems really, really good. Because with Gudra's weakness currently is Roaring Moon, being able to one-hit KO it without dealing damage. And Giratina, being able to one-hit KO without dealing damage. The Mist Energy prevents that. Both of those attacks will not KO the Gudra with the Mist Energy on it. So one deck that I am excited to try is Arceus, Vulpix, Gudra. And we'll see how that goes. What do you think of this Arceus Giratina deck? So, Arctina um, is something that personally I did not think was going to be a big deal. It's something that was it was big in the past. Um, it's It's been a thing already before. And I think oh... I guess I don't really know why it kind of dropped out. Maybe Charizard. I think it just couldn't keep up with Charizard. Oh, I got you. Because you you have to throw a bunch of energy away, and I don't know if it can just keep dealing enough. Oh, that yeah, that's why. Because it can, it just can't deal with Charizard. Yeah, but you see the Ace card that it has added to the number six deck. I do. And that puts it where Giratina can one-shot a Charizard. <laughs> uh, you know what else it can do? Yeah. It has Iron Leaves. Oh, well, yeah. I saw that, too. So it fixes the Charizard weakness. So so Arc Gudra, or sorry, Arc Tina cannot use Lost Impact. Nope, Star Requiem. I get those attacks mixed up. It can't use Star Requiem because it's not getting 10 into the Lost Zone. So it's just relying on dealing 280 damage with Lost Impact. So having that maximum belt allows it to hit 330. Then you have the Iron Leaves that can one-hit KO the Charizard. So now you've just taken four prizes right there. Now you just have to figure out how to get the last two prizes. Whether it be... depending on where the Charizard deck is, probably not a big deal. Correct. Um, Or it could boss up a Pidgeot get the two prizes that way. It can just two-hit KO Charizard or just take down small Charmanders, Charmeleons, Pidgeys, whatever, or uh, Rotom. It can yep. take down a Rotom. So the Maximum Belt and the Iron Leaves brings Arctina back in the in the fold here. Yeah, I thought that deck was interesting because I haven't seen that deck in rotation. Like, with me joining so late, I never saw when that deck was uh, popular. Yeah, Charizard, um, it... That deck just can't do anything to Charizard, but now now it has the tools to do so. In 14th place, we have a future box list. Let me see if I can find that list real quick. Yeah, I was curious about that one, but uh, I didn't see I gotta, for it. I got to remember how to how to find this. Uh, what place was that? It was fourteenth. Okay, here I'm gonna send you the send you the link for it. 
PTCG Legends is another site similar to Limitless for, for looking up tournament results. And this one looks like it has a lot of the missing missing deck lists. I was curious. Um, they still don't have the Roaring Moon Goridon one. Okay, yeah, that's the one it's missing. But the, the Future Box. Neither one of the websites have that one. <laughs> the Future Box list is, is interesting. It is playing the, the Reboot bot, which if you're playing Future, you should be playing the Reboot bot. Heavy Baton, what's this? If the Pokemon with their treat cost of exactly four, so that's Iron Hands, is your active Pokemon is knocked out, move three basic energies from that Pokemon to your bench Pokemon any way you like. So attach the Heavy Baton to Iron Hands, Iron Hands gets knocked out, and you just get to distribute the energy that was on Iron Hands however you want. Uh, it does play the Future Boost Energy Capsule, which, if you attach that to a hands, it gives the hands free retreat, and it makes Arm Press hit a magic number to be able to one-hit KO the Pidgeot. Or no, no, sorry, it makes Ampu very much hit the magic number to be able to one-hit KO Pidgeot EX. So it can take three prizes with Pidgeot with the future energy boost attached to it. Uh, you don't actually need the future energy boost. All you need is Iron cr- iron Crown on the bench, and you'll still be able to one-shot the Pidgeot. Oh, yeah, I forgot that's what Iron Crown does, too. Okay. So, yeah. And then, yeah. See, this seems really good. Then you have the Maridon. Let's see why can... people are starting to run Bibaro, because... There's a lot that's coming out that's going to make Pidgeot kind of a sitting duck. And it's a sitting duck two to three prizer, especially if it's knocked out by Iron Hands. Techno Radar, you know, really good in, in Future Box. Discard a card. Search your deck for two future Pokemon. Put them into your hand. So yeah, this Future Box seems pretty good. It only plays three Pokemon. Four Iron Hands, three Iron Crown, and two Maridon. Single yep. prize Maridon. Seems interesting. Seems pretty good. I do like the art on uh, Maridon, I'm not going to lie. It does look really good. Dude, I'm so stoked for this format. I'm ready for rotation. I am ready for the the smart people out there to be crafting decks and see what comes up here. I'm super, super <laughs> stoked for this. Um, outside of Charizard, what do you think is going to be the first deck that you try post-rotation? Um, well, I want to try this great Tusk deck. The mill deck? Yes. So I probably will try that one. I do want to try this Maridon Iron Crown deck. And I think probably Ancient Box is what I'm going to try first. And Arc Gudra Vulpix, I think I'm going to give it a try. 
I'm going to try Lugia too. I'm going to try just about everything, but um, I'm really excited to try Ancient Box. On the PTCG Legends, right at the top, uh, Masters is checked. Click on Seniors, and the winner had an Ancient Box deck. Oh, okay. So you can see that one. So it has single yeah, that- prize Coridon, single prize Roaring Moon, has Fluttermane, Great Tusk, Slitherwing, and then four, eight, eight, um, the same eight ancient supporters, and then it has four earthen vessels and four ancient booster energy capsules and an awakening drum. Yeah, I want to try the, that one too. The A spec. So that's 4, 8, 12, 16, 17, uh, 17 ancient items. And then 4, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. So almost 30 ancient cards. And the Roaring Moon does 10 damage more for each ancient card in your discard pile. In the discard pile, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that seems like that, that baby Roaring Moon can get up there in damage. Oh, geez, I forgot about what the Coridon attack does, too. For two energy, it does 30 damage for each of your ancient Pokemon in play. So that seems pretty good. Fluttermane shuts off your opposing active Pokemon's abilities. And then I think Slitherwing is a one-of, and it's just in there to to, uh, get discarded and go to your discard pile. For one energy, it does mill one card from your opponent so it can help with the the great tusk mill strategy if you want to go that route yeah so a lot of really really cool stuff coming up here i'm super super excited for this i am super excited for it as well anything else you want to go over with the champions league decks not with the champion league deck i was kind of looking more at the cards coming out in the next rotation and well Hold, hold your horses there. We'll get there because <laughs> get before excited. we get to that, it is time for Kakuna Trivia. I know everybody has been waiting all episode for Kakuna Trivia because what could be more exciting than Kakuna Trivia? I can tell you what's more exciting than Kakuna Trivia. Weedle Trivia. Literally everything. <laughs> okay. For Kakuna Trivia, would you like to give your trivia question first? Or you want me no, to? go ahead. Ladies okay. first. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, Kakuna. This has nothing to do with the video game, has nothing to do with the card game, and has nothing to do with the TV show. Oh, wow. Okay. This is about Kakuna lore. Really? Okay. Yep. Found in a Pokedex entry. You ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> what is Kakuna's favorite food? Wait, are you serious? Yep. What um, does Kakuna live off of? I'm going to say an orange berry. You are wrong. I kind of figured that. It, it lives off, I believe, the same thing that, that Pinsir and Heracross live off of. Honey? Oh, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think they're honey. Tree sap. Kakuna lives off tree sap. Uh, okay. The okay. needle-like mouth can extract the sap from trees. And Kakuna just hangs from the trees and eats the tree sap. 
That is crazy. So what's your question? Let's hear your Kakuna question. So I found this to be interesting. So most of the time when you look at Kakuna, can't learn really an attack unless it learns it from before it learns it as a Weedle, so poison yep. sting. Outside mm-hmm. of that, if it's a Kakuna, you're going to get hardened. But in Pokemon Platinum, Kakuna can learn a move from the Move Tutor. What is that move? Hmm. Let's see. What could Kakuna learn? It's it's so a bug or poison attack. I don't know much about Platinum. What was what what uh what other game or games were in Platinum Generation? What is that one? Um, what is Platinum? Is that... Diamond Pearl. Diamond Pearl. What'd you say? Diamond Pearl. Diamond Pearl Platinum. I know. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, it is. Hundred percent. Yep, sure I got it. That? Yep. Diamond Pearl Platinum. That would be Generation Four. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. I do know okay. that much. Okay. Generation Four. Uh. Generation. Three, I'm trying to remember move tutors from those games. And I'm getting nowhere with this. Um, <laughs> can't remember if there were good bug moves by then or not. Like Mega Horn or something. I didn't say it was a good move. I just said he learned Jet Jury and actually learned a move. <laughs> okay. um, I'm going to go ahead and say... I have no idea. Can... Is it either a bug or a poison attack? I'll give you that. It's is a bug. It, is it one of those two? It's a bug. It's a bug attack. Okay. It's a bug attack. Yep. Okay. Um. Judging by your statement before, I'm guessing it's not a good one. Uh oh shoot! What's the what's that one bug attack? Twin twin needle. Twin needle. Really? You're going with Twin Needle, the move that it learns as a Beedrill? No, it's not Twin Needle. <laughs> I didn't know it learned it as a Beedrill. That's answer? like the signature move of Beedrill when it evolves. I, I think at what, level 20 it learns it. What's the answer? Bug Bite. Really? Bug Bite? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know how a uh, Kakuna is going to Bug Bite something. Uh, it says even though it, the, the mouth is on the inside, it still learns bug bite. <laughs> on earth is a Kakuna going to bug bite something? That's what I was wondering. I was like, I just can't picture a Kakuna biting anything. <laughs> That's hilarious. But yeah, it can learn bug bite from the move tutor in Pokemon Platinum. All right. Well, all right then. Learn something new. And there we go with today's Kakuna trivia. Uh, let's see, finishing up the episode, we will go over the spoiled cards from Crimson Haze, which is going to be our Twilight Masquerade set coming up after Temporal Forces. So we have a, a article that came up from Poker Beach here, and we're just kind of going to go through down, going to go down the list and give our first impressions of these cards. So first on the list is Blood Moon Ursaluna EX. It is a basic Pokemon. Colorless with 260 HP. The ability is Elder's Technique. 
This Pokemon's Blood Moon attack costs one colorless less to use for each prize card your opponent has already taken. And then for five colorless energy, Blood Moon does 240 damage. This Pokemon cannot attack during your next turn. How do you feel about Ursaluna? Um, I mean, it's a generic beat stick. Pretty much what it I is. feel about it. It is. It's a, a generic beat stick that can do 240 damage with very low energy cost, possibly. True. And 240 is a good number. 240 is a very, very good number. I agree, but I don't know. I mean, like I said, it's a generic beat stick. It can go in pretty much any deck, and it can go in no deck at the same time. So Now, one thing I that jumps right out at me here is I keep saying that 230 is enough to one-hit KO every basic EX and V. Uh-huh. Not anymore, because Ursaluna is a basic of 260 HP. That is true. That's a lot of HP for a basic. That's a lot of HP. I wonder, though, because just thinking off the top of my head, Snorlax Stall weakness is Alakazam EX. If you were to throw this card and two double energies in the deck, you can technically take out that problem child. You don't even need two. Like, you just need to hit one, because if they take three energy, one double turbo is enough to attack with this. True. Now, okay, so look up Ursaluna V. Ursaluna V is a bulk rare card that in one of the, I think it was in an IC, might have been EUIC or NAIC, um, Sander, who was a, the, uh, the crazy awesome deck builder from Europe. Uh-huh. He's a, he's a control player and he does, you know, finds these crazy control builds that are his own builds and does insane stuff with them. He uh-huh. had a deck that featured Ursaluna V at one point because not because of its attack but because the 230 hp and the ability that reduced 30 damage and it was a control deck similar to snorlax stall mm-hmm. and he used it for a similar reason that you know it could be used in snorlax stall today where this is a basic with 260 damage or sorry 260 hp with the now uh, the addition that it can attack without too much energy cost. So I think you're thinking along the right lines there. I think this possibly could end up in a Snorlax deck, possibly. Because that's I mean, the 260 HP is really good. Because I'm just thinking about it, because like it would take out the Pesciel because the MEX. Laffy's gone, so Maridon's not a problem. I wonder what... I think Maridon's probably going away. But could you imagine Maridon... Against Snorlax Stall, when Mimikyu hits the field, and it has no way of taking doing any damage to it, because <laughs> that deck literally runs all EX basic. So, outside of Flaffy right now, so yeah, but yeah. Well, and that and the the Zapdos that is occasionally run to get at that extra ten more right. damage. But I I think that Maridon will exist in some capacity. I just don't know how good it's going to be, and I don't know how much it's going to change. But I think there's some capacity that it exists still. Maybe. I could be giving it too much credit. But yeah, I think Blood Moon would be great. 
for like like I said, Snorlax for taking out those pesky cards that kind of um, yeah. I mean, it can take out a Roaring Moon. I mean, it, it's it's that strong. That it can true. soak up some hits. I mean, play that, penny it up, play it again. Because how much does Giratina have before it becomes a V? Two twenty or a V star. Two twenty. So it'd be able to take out that as well. Yeah. It, if if I think if you're playing this card, you are not playing Snorlax Stall. You're playing Snorlax Control. True. I oh, think yeah, is what true. you're doing. I that's think true. you're playing this. You are strategically attacking with it. It's soaking up damage. You're pennying it back to your hand. Getting something else up there. Maybe another Ursaluna. Oh, yeah. And then it's going to take a hit. You're going to penny it back. I think you're going to do something like that. You're maybe going to do something with Buffalant to attack with that and throw um, energy that your opponent has into the loss zone. So you're just going to gonna stall that way. Um, you're going to play... You're going to play Mawile, which has the, the trap to be able to trap your opponent in the active spot, but yeah. then also increase the next attack by, what is it, 90 damage? Because then if you do that, and then your your Ursaluna is then hitting for 310. Nope, 330. Oh, that's, that's enough to take out a Charizard. Yeah. Dude, yeah. you you, uh, you while trap a Charizard, and then retreat, bring up Ursaluna, and hit for 330. <laughs> There's something there. Yeah. No, like I said, I see that. I see that definitely going in a Snorlax deck. I uh, I follow Sander on Twitter. I'm waiting for him to start, you know, cooking some decks coming up here. I don't think he's been to many tournaments lately, so I hope to see uh, to see what his thoughts are on some of these new cards. Want to move on to Screamtail? Yes. All right, Screamtail EX is a Psychic Pokemon with 190 HP. It is a basic Ancient Pokemon. For a colorless energy, it has Sudden Shriek. You can use this attack only if you go second and only during your first turn. During your opponent's next turn, they can't play any supporter cards from their hand. Which would be fantastic. Second attack, attack, a Psychic and two colorless is Crunch. 120 damage, discard an energy from your opponent's active Pokemon. That one is much less good. See, I think it's less good. You said what? I think it's less good. You think it's less good? I think the only reason you play this is for that first attack. And I don't think that's enough. I think it's just a bad card. I see possibilities with it. I I don't know where. It's it's, it's fantastic if you can use that first attack. But if you don't and you miss that boat, I think you just have a two-prize liability that's only doing 120 damage, discarding an energy that they probably don't need anyway. And... Depends, because like Charizard, once you get the energy from the deck on the Charizard, it's hard to get more energy on Charizard. So yeah, if you hit Charizard for that 120 and get rid of that energy, you got a one energy Charizard sitting out there until your opponent can get, possibly get another energy. You can hit the Charizard for 120 and discard an energy, or you can try to knock it out and discard two energies. I mean, it's more of a stall stack <laughs> tactic, but I don't know. Like the said, fact I that it's a two prizes, I'm not saying it's a good card, but I see possibilities. The fact that it's two prizes is what is is rough. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. No, I agree. With it's you also, there. weak to Charizard. <laughs> so Charizard's going to want hit KO at, at any point in the game. 
Well, I mean, it's got 190 HP. Probably yeah, means, one hit KO'd by Charizard, most likely anyway. That means the 180 or 180 attack Charizard can KO it. Um, Iron Thorns. Iron Thorns has been you know going around Twitter lately. People talking this up. It is the Path of the Peak replacement. Iron Thorns EX is a Lightning Pokemon, 230 HP, basic future Pokemon. It has the ability Initialize. When this Pokemon is in the active spot. Pokemon with a rule box in play, except for future Pokemon, do not have any abilities. And then for a Lightning and two Colorless, it has Bolt Cyclone. 140 damage, move one energy from this Pokemon to one of your bench Pokemon. So this is Path to the Peak that does not hurt other future Pokemon. I like it. I think it's a good card. I think it's a scary card as well. We were talking about it before the show, and uh, I wasn't thinking about all the possibilities of it. And then once you started pointing out different things it could do, I was like, yeah, that, that card can be pretty scary. The, I think the most insane thing about this is it's a basic. So you can start with this, and now your opponent can't Pidgeot. Your opponent can't Charizard. Uh, Radiant Charizard can't do anything. Um... Jim Powell can't do anything. What about Baxcalibur? I think is that a yeah, rule box as well? It does not have a rule box, so you can still Baxcalibur. Okay. But without taking those energies with Chien Powell, that helps to thin the deck and just basically, you know, two energies a turn is pretty good. So without that, it's that's kind of rough for Chien Powell. What it does do though is with 140 damage, it could one hit KO a Lugia V Star. True. So and that's it can that's one hit KO a Pidgeot EX as well. You can one hit KO Pidgeot EX as well. And at 230 Ooh. HP, it's kind of thick. Speaking of Lugia V Star, with this out there, Lugia can't use V Star. That is true. <laughs> um, it can't V Star, and Arceus V Star can't use its V Star ability either. That is true. So there's a lot of things that if you just start with this. Your opponent's gonna be in trouble. Yeah, so it's worse than path. It's worse than path. Ugh. Well, not necessarily, because it's on a Pokemon, and the Pokemon has to be in the active spot. So I think we might see Chien Pao start running Iron Bundle for that reason. It can force it out of the active spot. Um, other decks might run Iron Bundle, since you just yeah. throw the bundle on the bench, use the ability, and then you just force something out of the active. So that may be a way to counter it. But yeah, it's this card seems to be the active spot, but still, while it's in the active spot, it's going to be a pain in the butt. Well, especially if you get one in the active and one on the bench, then you can't bundle, you can't rope. The only way to force it out of the active is knock it out or boss. Or yeah, I was gonna say, that's when you're bossing that bad boy. Or you're but, hoping I mean, you got left prize cards in your opponent and you're using counter catcher. It feels really bad. That's true. But it feels really bad to boss something just so you can use an ability and not actually do anything. I mean, it depends on the ability because, like, Charizard, I mean, I need Charizard's ability and Pidgeot's ability to go off at least one turn. You're right. Now, you're once right. I get energy on one Charizard, then I'm fine. But, I mean, if I can't get any energy on my Charizard and I can't use Pidgeot, we're in a little bit of a situation. So, now I'm going to boss that bad boy out. <laughs> 
And now ancient Pokemon, though, have an answer with Fluttermane, which shuts, when it's in the active, it shuts off the ability of your opponent's active Pokemon. <laughs> so... Yeah. So yeah, if, if Fluttermane is in the active, then it shuts off Iron Thorn's ability. So then the ancient player can then use abilities. True. Yeah. But the ancient box doesn't have any rule box Pokemon so as of right now, so that's semi irrelevant. At least for now. But yeah, Iron Thorn seems really good. It's uh it's one that I'm excited to to get use of. I think it'll be pretty um, hard. Do you want to talk about Applin and Diplin or skip those? No, I feel like we can skip those because those are just trash. I'm good with that too. Fion, you want to talk about Fion? Um, you want to go ahead and read it? Yeah, I'll read it. So what Fion, it's, it's beckon ability is put a supporter card from your discard pile into your hand and then energy press 20 times damage. This attack does 20 damage for each energy attached to your opponent's active Pokemon. It is also a basic water Pokemon of 70 HP. I like the Beckon ability. Well, like it's an attack, energy. not an ability, just to clarify. Or the uh, Beckon attack. But, I mean, I don't know if I really want to give up a prize card for one supporter card, to be honest with you. It depends on the supporter card. Well, and it depends on the situation of the match if as you're, well. If you're but... getting a boss back that can win you the game, possibly. Or an Iono that can... Yeah, if you're getting an Iono that you can then Iono your opponent to one. I mean, I I see options with it. I just don't know if it's going to be worth a deck slot. But can we talk about the special art on this bad boy? I absolutely love the special art on that card. It looks so cool. It looks really cool. I really like that art. That a bunch of... uh, That Whalmer... Whalmers and a Whale Lord in there. Yeah, there we go. A couple Whale Lords. Yeah, that's really cool. I like the the special art on that card. I, I would play it just so I can play that special art. art. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, let's see. The next one is Perrin. Is a trainer, supporter. Reveal up to two Pokemon from your hand. Shuffle them into your, shuffle them into your deck. Then search your deck for up to that many Pokemon or reveal them, put them into your hand. Then shuffle your deck. So there was an item a while back that was discard or put, shuffle a Pokemon back in your deck, search your deck for a Pokemon, put it in your hand. So similar, but it was an item. And now we have a supporter that can get two. This seems really good. This seems really good. When I told you, like, this would be fantastic for, like, Charizard versus Snorlax, or anything versus Snorlax that you want to get that those pesky Pokemon out of your hand because you don't want Snorlax to Erica's invitation them bad boys to the field. I'd be great for that. And then you get two Pokemon that you want into your hand. Yeah, once they're in the discard pile, then you can Echoing Horn them back, too. So you need to make sure your bench is full before you do that. So they can't horn this back. True. Um, I think this is going to be insane in Lugia. Being able to uh, shuffle away extra Lugias or something you don't need now, then pull out two Archaeops, play your Ultra Ball, discard the Archaeops, get the Lugia V-Star, and now you have Lugia set up. Yeah. I think that card is absolutely insane in Lugia. I think, well, I mean, like I said, I think it's going to be a pretty good card in a lot of decks. 
I can see it being uh, a run up, being run as one of in a lot of decks. Yeah, Charizard. It can be played in Charizard. Yep. Search for your Charizard Pidgeot, and then you you know are, let's say you have one rare candy in this. Search your deck for Charizard Pidgeot. Play the rare candy Pidgeot. Now use that to get a rare candy, and now you have your Charizard set up too. So there's I mean, a lot of things you, you can do use, with searching for two Pokemon. I mean, it can be using Chien Pao. It can be using Gardevoir. I, I well, think it so, can be using okay. almost any deck. So I thought about it in Chien Pao, but I don't think you do. Because you have the four Iridas, and you'd rather play Irida, I think, in almost every case. Oh, no, I agree and with that. When you're in, if you're not playing Irida, I think you'd just rather play Iono. And the deck only runs one to two Ionos now. So you're really limited, especially if it keeps the same. Well, right, let me preface. If Chiampao stays the same with the item heavy build, I don't think you run this. If okay. it leaves the item build, then I could see a use for this for sure. Okay. But with the item heavy build, you, you use Pokestop so often that you don't want to have too many cards that just go to the discard pile with the Pokestop. No, so that's I why it's so that. light on supporters. That's why it doesn't run boss and so limited uh, Ionos. But if it goes away from that, and it's very possible that it can and will, if it does, then I think this would very much find a, a home in Chien Pao. Uh, next up is Enhanced Hammer. This Enhanced is a reprint. Um, it, it existed before. It is an item. Discard a special energy attached to one of your opponent's Pokemon. So this is the Lugia counter. Since Lugia can only, or Archaeops can only pull up special energies, Lugia loads up with special energies. But also, this is a Giratina and Roaring Moon best friend because of Mist Energy. Mist Energy ah, will stop yeah, Frenzied Gouging, right. and it will stop Star Requiem. So now Enhanced Hammer can knock out the Mist Energy, and then those two are free to use their one-hit KO attacks. That is true, yeah. No, you're right. So I think that's that's the relevance there. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, it is really good against Lugia, you know, knocking out a, a key special energy because Lugia cannot get special energies back once they've been discarded. So if you play four of these and you're able to get a couple of those off, that's going to really hinder Lugia. Uh, we have Community Center, which is a stadium. Once during each player's turn, if that player has already played a supporter from their hand, they may heal 10 damage from each of their Pokemon. I don't really see a use for this card. I don't think I don't see any relevance with this. I, yeah, I only see it in combination with the next card that's on the list, which is Caretaker. Draw two cards, then if Community Center is in play, shuffle this Caretaker back into your deck. That's the only reason I can see you running Community Center. Other than and that, even just, then, like that's not worth it because now you're playing two cards that are not good, really even together. I didn't say it was a good idea. I just said that's the only reason I can see it being played. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's cute that these cards work together, but I just they're they're not going to see play. I'm trying. I'm like I'm trying so hard to be like ten. <laughs> If it was, if let's say if it was 30 damage, I could see it being a kind of a better card. 
if it was 30 damage and Gardevoir was going to still be around? What'd you say? If it was 30 damage and Gardevoir was going to still be around? But, I mean, it's 10 damage. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's 10 damage. Like, so, this would have been a good card back in, like, when the game first got started and damage was only, like, 30 and 20, but... The amount of damage that like most Pokemon can do in this game now, I mean it's it's ten damage. What are you, <laughs> I mean, what are you gonna do? Now it's ten damage to all your Pokemon. Hit ten oh, damage yeah. healing to all your Pokemon. So it can hinder somebody trying to set up a a Sableye. But it's just not worth it. There's better options. Yeah. No. I, like Radiant yeah. Serena is just a better option. If you're if you need to heal, play Radiant Serena. Twenty damage to all your Pokemon as an ability. Do that. Yeah, uh, and next at least with Radiant Serena, you get to use it regardless. Where, like, with Community Center, you have to play a supporter card. You have to play. You use the ability. Like, yeah. So without the need to play a supporter, I think that's what Champions Festival does, which didn't see play at all. It It's like a $200 card because it was a world's reward. Uh-huh. But... I think it it very briefly saw play in Gardevoir, but then people realized it wasn't really that good, and then it didn't. So even without that restriction, I don't think the card sees play. Yeah, no, like I said, yeah. All right, next up we have Lucky Helmet. It is a tool. If the Pokemon this card is attached to is in the active spot and is damaged by an attack from your opponent's Pokemon, draw two cards. I think... I think this is a reprint as well, but I'm not positive. Yeah, I've seen this card before, like back, I feel like in the tag team days or something. Um, But yeah, it's there. I don't see it seeing any play at all. Now, one thing I do think would be awesome is the Reverum EX, I believe, is what has the ability to that allows you to put up to four tools on it. Throw four lucky helmets on it. You hit it, you draw eight cards. <laughs> <laughs> So there's that. <laughs> well, but yeah. I mean, you could combine it with um, the card we were talking about at the beginning. Uh, let me go real quick. The Blood Moon Ursaluna. <laughs> yeah, with uh, in Snorlax. Attach that to Ursaluna. It takes a hit. You penny it back up and then do it again after you draw yep. the two cards from it. Okay, okay. I can see you cooking. That, that you can also be see it going on like Charizard as well. Charizard is thick to where most of the time it takes two attacks. Mm-hmm. So take out Charizard, you get four cards from it. You see it being used on that because there's not a lot of quick cards that you equip to Charizard. I mean, other than like Maximum Belt and Hero's Cape. And then you only can do it once. You can only do it once, but. I mean, throwing a lucky helmet on him where you know that he's going to take a couple hits. I mean, it, okay. can be useful. it can be useful, so. I can see something with that. I mean, I see uses, but, I mean, you and I both know, to be honest with you, there's better cards to use than that. Right, yes. But right, I can see it throwing on, like, a beefy Pokemon that can take a bunch of hits and you just keep drawing cards. Yeah, I think, you know, the best use might be what you just described with the the Ursaluna in some kind of control deck being able to 
just continually draw cards while Penny in the card back up to heal it, drop it again, and do it again. I can yep. see that. I can see something there. And the last card. I thought this card was a joke when it was when it was spoiled because this card is insane. Remember way back when we first started talking about the Ace Specs? Yes. And I said that if they make things that can compete with Prime Catcher, it's going to be insane. Like, I don't want to see that world. This yes. is that world. So every other every other ace spec has been it has a specific use for it. Um the the maximum belt and specific decks that need to just hit that damage. The the cape specific decks to hit that hit uh that, that need that hundred HP. Um the Master Ball is really only seen in Lugia right now. Everything else is going to use Prime Capture. You have the, the Future One and Future decks. You have the Ancient One and Ancient decks. But the Prime Capture is just kind of the default yeah. until now. So we have the Unfair Stamp. It is an Ace Spec item. You can play this card only if one of your Pokemon was knocked out during your opponent's last turn. Each player shuffles their hand into their deck. You draw five cards and your opponent draws two. Which is fantastic. This is absolutely insane you can take your opponent to two cards on turn two i think what is also insane is just the the idea of turn two your opponent does knocks you out you play the unfair stamp and then you play raihan so now they're down to two you're up to five I guess I should check. Is Raihan still in, still in standard to rotate out? I do not know. Before I, you know, get too hyped up on this. Let's look. Uh, Raihan rotates. Okay, never mind. Never mind. But the idea oh. of resetting and then being able to search for any card and accelerate energy seems insane, but... Raihan is rotated, so that is not anything we need to worry about. But yeah, on turn two, setting your opponent to two cards, and in a lot of decks, might not be able to recover at all. I think we're going to see a lot of B-Barrel after this comes out. Because B-Barrel is your chance to come back after the, the unfair stamp. True, and I can see that's the reason why Charizard would run B-Barrel. Now instead of Pidgeot, because yeah, that would definitely help on that front. Yeah, Shin Pao already runs it, so that helps. But I think we're going to see other decks have to run B-Barrel as a way to protect themselves from Unfair Stamp. And I just don't know what's better. That might just flat out be better than Prime Catcher. I think it is. I think it is as well. Like just as a, a blanket, the this is now the default aspect yeah. that you run. That It's just yeah. absolutely insane. <laughs> insane card that being said I'm super excited to use use it as well because you know I'm not above using the unfair stamp <laughs> everything that we uh, we talked about about the the battle VIP pass being rotated out you know being making the games less swingy I think unfair stamp We'll make oh, it swing. But the thing about it though is like like I'll tell you with Battle VIP is that the problem is with Battle VIP 
they can have one, two, or three in their hand, and it's over. Whereas, like, with this one, you can only play it once. So if you can recover from it, you don't have to worry about it again. How many people are going to Arvin on turn two or three for the unfair stamp <laughs> to play it? Just lock I mean, out there. There's going to be a lot, but that's assuming that your opponent's going to be able to knock you out in that turn. Because I know, like, my Charizard deck, I mean, most of the time by turn two, I'm not able to attack yet. Right, but think about this as a Charizard player, or uh, yeah, I mean, you play against I don't know, I'm trying to, what, trying to think of a deck that could knock you out before it sets up. Um, Arctina, maybe. Well, Arctina, Iron Valiant can do it as well, or here, Chain Pao. You know, Chain Pao can set up one, one, uh, one Baxcalibur, and then you know, do some Greninja shenanigans. And get some knockout on turn two, then you reset stamp them. If they don't have the B barrel set up, they're kind of in trouble. Yes, they are, which is very entertaining. But I mean, are they though? Because Backscalibur yeah. is kind of a, once Backscalibur hits the field with Chien it's kind of hard to beat that deck. Well, think about this though: is you had to discard the energies with Greninja or Chien Pao, whatever you're doing, and now you have no way to get those energies back because you're just relying on the two cards that you were reset to. And the, your top decking, so they might not even be able to get energies. True, that is true. And then if we're we're talking a step further, if you have Iron Thorns in the active, and then you do reset stamp or sorry unfair stamp, then even Chi and Pao can't now pull energies out. And now that is true. So that's kind <laughs> of a, a, a nice lock too. You can put through your opponent certain abilities, <laughs> or I mean, doesn't even have to be uh, Iron Thorns. Because the, the, um, oh shoot, what's it called? The, the mischievous, what is it? Fluttermane. The Fluttermane that also shuts off your opponent's active Pokemon's abilities. So, you know, those with the, the unfair stamp could, could see a lot of early game lockouts possibly. True. That is true. So a lot of new fun cards coming out, and that's just the first group of spoilers for the Twilight Masquerade. Any final thoughts before we close today's episode? I'm looking forward to the next set coming out. I was looking at some other cards, too, that were kind of interesting to me that I'm like, hmm, can't wait to try those. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a fun time come April. I'm really excited for EUIC to uh, see what, what's done with the new cards there. And I, at this point, am going to be starting to you know, come up with some ideas for Indie. Um, playing around with some uh, online deck builders to just kind of try, try some of the new cards. I'll probably be proxying out some of the new cards to be playing with them. So that way I can just kind of get my feel on the new cards and see what's good post rotation yeah. so we can be prepared for indie. True, true. Well, that concludes the 17th episode of the King's Rock podcast. Thank you all for joining us and if you don't have anything else, death. Check out our videos Thanks. on our channels, on our YouTube channels. Yep, um now that we have the the video podcast right above us, we have the the handles for Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. I will be streaming Twitch on Friday. 
uh, probably also Thursday as well. So tonight when this gets posted, um, I have I'm going to try figured out what my Twitch schedule is going to be yet. So I'm going to try to stream before. every Thursday and Friday night for now. And we'll see how that goes, but for sure, Friday doing the tournament of the doom. So be sure to join me for that. Yes. And also follow us on X. <laughs> I was about to call it Twitter. <laughs> I call it Twitter follow all the time. On... It, it's, it's a long time before I'll be calling it X. But thank you all X for... Just because I just signed up for it, so... Follow yeah, me on X. <laughs> it's, it's always been X to you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all for joining us for the 17th episode of the King's Rock Podcast. We'll be here next week, and until then, see you next time. Have a good weekend, everybody. Bye.